0: So listen, you're on the cover of next month's Flux. You owe me an interview, remember? You maul a semi-famous rock star and literally try to eat her face off. So what's your point? Everybody who's anybody knows it happened, yet nobody's got the story. I want this, and when I want something, I don't stop until I get it. Julia, I need you to leave. One one. What's your emergency, Julia? What happened? You happened. You can't have her. Stay back.
1: Well listen, Matthew, thanks so much for taking the time to spook at me. It is a pleasure to talk to you. How how are you today?
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm doing okay too. Not too bad. Cannot complain. Bit of a late light oh, late still... one last night with a show, but you know, still it's Sunday. It's chill.
0: Yeah, same here. Yeah. We had a cast and crew screening last night for, for this movie. So we were we were up a while. So Oh wow, amazing. How was that? It went really well. Um, Most of the cast and crew members had not seen it. I think myself and my producer, Jake, and Lene Heinemann, um, one of the co-stars, had seen the thing all the way through. And, uh, yeah, people dug it. It was awesome. Oh, that's incredible, incredible. Obviously, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But for now,
1: 2023 overall, how has it been for you so far? Have you been able to keep yourself particularly busy this year?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm busier this year than I've been... (laughs) Uh, for quite a while. I mean, not necessarily with movie stuff. That's keeping me uh, pretty busy, but also life. Life has been busier this year just in general uh, than I would say the last, I don't know, five. <laughs> so it's it's been a lot, but it's been great. We're really excited to um, start doing festival stuff and, and getting this movie out here. So I, I think things will get even busier and that's good. What do you think- yeah, I mean, of course, it's amazing. But why do you think that is? Do you think um, you've seen an
1: influx of busyness coming out of the COVID years and the restrictions that existed uh, across the whole world, really, in different ways and different uh, places?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of it. One, another thing for me, just personally, is mm-hmm. um, my my girlfriend and I were like moving, and I'm also a journalist in my day day job so i I, you know and and as you probably know that's a job or you you know you're never really off you're always you're always on so uh my weeks are looking a lot different and i'm a lot busier and i'm also trying to do film things on top of that and get a new home and it's just you know adult life
1: yeah (laughs) sometimes it compounds that is a lot on your plate um but you sound incredibly positive about it so that's uh that's that matters
0: yeah, I'm super happy. I I couldn't be happier.
1: If you don't want me asking, um uh, what's your particular field in journalism aspect?
0: Oh man, I um I'm a reporter for uh a Southern Illinois newspaper and I cover pretty much everything. I mean not not just one thing. So it's it's like newspaper journalism, you know. I know newspapers are kind of a kind of going out the window as, you know, Things continue to, to to go online, but mm. uh, I love it. I love doing that work. It's awesome,
1: incredible, amazing. Well, before we get into your excellent horror short, real cool time, I yeah. want you to tell us a little bit about yourself, in particular, how you got started in filmmaking. Uh, what, what, yeah, where that where that, where the first seeds bloomed?
0: Yeah, sure. So um, I made my first film in two thousand three. So I've been doing it twenty years oh. now. Um and it, you know I say my first film but it was really just me and my friends you know in the <laughs> woods with a camera but um I'd always loved movies I'd always loved stories I'd always been infatuated with you know just stuff I'd see on TV or you know music mm. obviously which plays a huge role in in all of my art um and but I never really thought it was like something I could actually do it it felt yeah. like a million miles away like it was on another planet and until i was in high school and i came across a short uh fan film called jason versus leatherface okay I looking, yeah i was looking for the comic book and i was really like in finding that book comic book and instead of finding that i found this short that this filmmaker uh you know just made a real diy you know it was Pretty raw, rough around the edges, little movie that mm. this person just wanted to make. And I thought, wow, if this guy can do it, maybe I can too. So that summer, I borrowed a camera from a friend's mother, my, my friend's mom, and uh, got some friends and went out in the woods and hacked them to pieces. And you know, obviously in the film. And uh, I just kind of got the bug for for filmmaking, and and it it really hasn't left me. So that that's kind of how it started. And I've just never really stopped. My life has just kind of been a series of uh film cycles. I'm either writing, uh, in production, in post, promoting, or starting all over again. And uh I love it. I don't know. I, I really can't imagine uh life without without that cycle. I don't know what I don't think I know what to do with myself. <laughs> But well, finding
1: the time, I mean, we talked about uh, busy lives at the start of this, but finding the time to be able to put all the ideas into a reality, is that what you say is one of the biggest challenges you've found uh, in making movies?
0: Well, it is now. It's definitely mm. going to be moving forward, because as I said, I'm as I'm growing older, I'm getting more busy and getting busier, I guess is the right way to say that. And um, in the past, I mean, I would just make the time. I I had Mm -hmm. less responsibility, I think. So the movie that I made before Real Cool Time, um, Morbid Colors, which I'm not sure if you knew, but Real Cool Time is like a follow-up to that film. That was a five-year process of just constant work. Mm. And um, I think with Real Cool Time and what I plan to do in the future, at least for the time being, I'm kind of looking at like smaller commitment so like real right. quick time ultimately we kicked that out in like six months so i wrote it we shot it in october of last year on my birthday actually and then <laughs> you know by march it was done and and that i think at least for the time being like while i'm kind of reacclimating to getting back into journalism you know doing adult stuff short films might be more where i'm at for the time you know just just for now but I'm sure before long I'll be devoting another five years to a project because I don't, you know, I don't know how to not do that kind of stuff.
1: I mean, there are some of the best, uh, the best horror in particular we've seen in the last few years uh, comes from the short aspect more than the actual full length. And certainly where a lot of originality seems to exist these days, which is no easy thing. Um, It's a real struggle, but get... Yeah, but getting attention on a project is one of the harder aspects. Um, How do you deal with that challenge, getting attention to your content?
0: Ooh, yeah, it's tough. Because, I mean, by no means am I, like, the hustle of doing it and getting it out there is something I'm still, if I'm being honest, in the process of learning, I mean, i when you do film or any kind of art, you're always in the process of learning.
1: Mm. but I am,
0: I am in an early stage I'd say of really figuring out how to get things out there. like morbid colors was the second film that I'd had distributed. Yeah um, and I think that is something that I'm starting to like get more comfortable with and, and and see what that can do for a film. And obviously we do we try to promote as best we can on social media, which which mm. is just a huge tool and uh film festivals of course and then distribution and just try to try to find the best home for your for your art and Mm -hmm. and with people that believe in it and believe in your work and believe in the project and believe in the vision and will put their vehicle behind getting it as far out there as as they can and um I've had you know different experiences so far with distribution none of them bad just different and yeah I'm really happy with with what happened with morbid colors i feel like uh bayview entertainment the the distribution company that put that film out and distributed it did a great job with it and really put some wheels on it and got it farther than i think i thought it would go so mm. um, still learning you know still a lot to master about how to get things out there uh in a, in a very um effective way but I, i'm very happy with what we've done so far so i hope to only you know grow and build from here as we as we keep going and always keep learning you know new ways new methods things that work things that don't you know well, yeah Try it's never
1: <laughs> it is an ever-changing uh world as well um you know when yeah. you talk about social media and that aspect it's so key to from a musical side of things often so key to uh pushing a band out there on music and stuff like that whereas yeah. on the film side of things it's not always used particularly on a lower budget and smaller and more independent movies yeah. um, it doesn't always seem like it's used as productively are you acutely aware that you you need to use social media better or do you think you're using it to the best of your abilities at the moment
0: oh gosh um, it's hard to say because I I got to admit I have a great community of people around me and cool. People that I make films with were kind of like a little film family. And I mm. am not that internet savvy. Mm. <laughs> I am not a tech person. I am not a social media person per se. Uh so I enlist people within my group that are to kind of handle that. Yeah. Not necessarily for I mean, of course I have input on it and mm. I and I want to help as best as I can, but I think we're doing the best we can now, but I think we understand that it's super important because you know people are gonna. So many more people are gonna know about that film or see that film because of its internet or online presence than they ever would have any other way. You know, I so it's. I think it's something whether we love it, whether we hate it, whether we're fluent in it, whether we're still learning, like me, it's Mm. something we have to master or do our best to master uh at this point in the game because everybody's online that's how yeah. so many people get their information i mean uh yeah and, and it's yeah it's it's imperative so it's
1: the it's the reach as well I mean uh I'm in the UK I'm sitting here right now in London speaking to you via zoom and having seen it and heard about it and so on it's that reach isn't it it's being able to you wouldn't be able to necessarily reach the corners of say my country or other countries in Europe and so without the film being promoted and pushed online
0: 100% yeah it's it's given us a lot of opportunities we would not have otherwise had that's why Mm. I'm you know allowing my friends and colleagues who are good at it (laughs) to uh, take the reins and also try to learn a thing or two in the process because I'm I'm an old soul we'll say I I, uh, you know technology is super important but like I think it was only a few years ago that I got a smartphone I mean I was using the the little flip phone with the the huge (laughs) button forever so um. Yeah, I I'm always late to the game on just about everything. So,
1: so no TikTok for you then.
0: Uh, no, no TikTok, <laughs> no Snapchat. I only just got an Instagram because we made one for the real cool time page. And again, I know that like I need to be much better about it. I'm going to try to be as we move forward. But yeah, you know, well and sure, getting there. Of course, of course, absolutely. I mean, we discussed
1: challenges there, but I want to kind of switch it up to something more positive, which is okay. What has been some of the most rewarding aspects for you personally in uh-huh. filmmaking to date?
0: Um, the community, yeah, I would say has been it. I definitely in the last like six years, um, when we did Morbid Colors and then went into this film that we're talking about today, I we kind of built like this movie family, uh, and that's been, at least in the in the last decade or so, that's been one of the most rewarding things about this whole thing is just to be able to create with people you love and, and to grow with them and to expand mm. that group and community and and just create with your favorite people. That's been yes. awesome. Another thing I would just say is, I mean, I'm of the breed that if my movie goes out, one person sees it one person digs it and they get something out of it i've done my job mm-hmm. so to see more than one people you know person out there in the world who's responded to say morbid colors or this movie or margo the feature film i did before morbid colors yeah. somebody say hey i really like this movie or hey this made me want to pick up a camera that's the best thing i think you could ever get so
1: that's incredible to hear so real cool time. This yeah, of course cool is yeah. This of course is your new horror short. Summed up quite nicely with the IMDb blurb, which I'm just going to quickly read out. A stubborn, unwelcome journalist's late night visit to the home of a haunted musician reveals dark secrets and wets deadly appetites. Uh, very, very spoiler free. That description. You did obviously write and direct this film. So yes, with that in mind, then let's go back to the origins of the story and what your vision looked like.
0: Oh sure. So, um, as, as I said previously, this is kind of a follow-up to a feature film I did that was released in 2021 mm. called Morbid Colors, which was kind of a road revenge kind of vampire movie. It's essentially a vampire movie, but we we almost wanted to make like a deconstructed vampire
1: movie.
0: Mm. Um, so we did that and I just really fell in love with the universe and the characters, uh, specifically the two leads, which we see reprised here in Real Full Time, uh, Devin, played by Lene Heineman and Micah, played by uh, Kara Gray. And we worked on that movie together, myself, Kara, and Lene for five years, from mm-hmm. writing to shooting, to editing, to festivals, to getting it with Bayview, who took it and ran with it. Um, and it was a process. And in that process, we kind of made this, you know, collective and we were, got really just sucked into that universe. And then I, you know, I took some time off when you're, when you're promoting a movie or when you're those things. um, Yeah, yeah, it is. But like, I can only do one thing at a time. Yep. Um, I, I can only give 100% of myself to one thing at a time. I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing, but it's just (laughs) the way I've always been. I can only just give it all to one thing so when i'm promoting a movie or when i'm like in post on a movie i don't work on anything else i just stay with that and i i would get ideas about other things in those you know two three years after production on morbid colors was done and all of them still had to do with that universe Mm. and i kind of took that as a as a sign like maybe you're not done and um when it came time that I wanted to work on something I knew I wanted to do a short I knew I wanted to do something that I could fulfill myself with creatively but not quite the commitment that I just did um and I just said all of the ideas I'm getting are for this this universe so I'm I'm gonna go that route I'm gonna get the band back together if they all want to do it and they all did And I'm just going to try to have the best time making a movie possible. And I want to go in with the idea and the concept that one, yes, it's a follow up to Morbid Colors, Mm. but I really want it to stand on its own. So if you haven't seen, you know, the the feature film first, it doesn't really affect your viewing. I mean, of course, it's going to inform your viewing if you've seen it. Uh, there's certain things that will be more, a little more fleshed out, sure, but I don't uh. want it to be like completely hinged on whether you've seen Morbid Colors or not. We wanted to make essentially a standalone piece that also fits into that universe and continues the story that we started but isn't like dependent completely on it. And so that was a big goal. And also, you know, the last two films I did, the features Margot and Morbid Colors they're essentially dark character dramas with horror elements. This time I said, I want to go full horror. I mean, of course, I still want to make a really good character story and drama, but I want to really amp up the horror elements of this, this project. I want it to be, I want to go further with that than we did on morbid colors. Um, You know, more horror and, and, and more imagery that, that maybe we were missing or not missing but this we just didn't go for in morbid colors like and really lean into the genre and wear those stripes a little bit more prominently and um I, most of all i just wanted to have fun i just really wanted to have fun making movies with my friends and to tell a story uh that i care about about uh my favorite character that i've that i've written yet and that was yeah. uh lanae's character Devin, uh Devin crane so that's how it started did you you say
1: you wanted to have fun, but would you say overall, considering it's uh, done, uh, you had fun then?
0: I had a blast. We shot oh. this movie on my birthday. Everything was no stress. I mean, getting it together, like writing it just came so easily. And it was, it's one of the few movies where like, I think I, this has happened to me twice. <laughs> I wish it happened more where you see something in your head and then you make the movie and it's exactly what you saw. It's like, this is, I got, I got what I, what I came for. Um, okay. And sometimes things just organically evolve and become something else. And that doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means, you know, sometimes art has its own idea about what it needs to be. That's kind of what happened with Morbid Colors. That movie evolved a lot. Um, but I had a ball. It was a grueling shoot. Yeah, but I think when you're there with people that you love and trust and and love to work with, you know, the fact that you've been up for 48 hours straight or whatever it was, it, it doesn't matter. You're just, you're having fun, you know? And it's, uh, no, we had a ball. The, the name says it all. We had a we had a real cool time making this movie. What what did the original cut
1: look like? Uh, did you have to do a lot of work in the editing department? Like, was it a lot longer? And did a lot end up on the
0: cutting room floor? No, so I, I am a huge fan of Jim Jarmusch. Uh, the filmmaker and i love uh stranger than paradise which i think is like a masterpiece and that whole movie is just comprised of like single take shots and then you know at the essentially to edit the movie or you know to put it together in post he just took his favorite take and then you know put them all together and i thought that was such a cool like construct for a movie so i'm like i want to do that but i want it to be Obviously, I want it to be much more like, I, you know, I think Jarmusch's stuff was all kind of like sitting in one spot. I want to move around a little bit more. But that was kind of the springboard for me to get this idea of do all these uh, single take shots and essentially make a movie that is six of those shots. Now, granted, you've seen the film. It it moves a little more in the sixth scene. But Mm. other than that, it's all single take stuff that we did. And I really wanted to challenge myself with that. Mm. And and it was a challenge like you're sitting there and you've been doing the same scene for eight hours and you're like oh my gosh but <laughs> um you know it was great and at the end it was really just that process of um what scene do i like the best and it, i've never made a movie like that ever my stuff is always cut into a million pieces there's so many there's so many you know so much coverage and we're mm. shooting all angles and we're doing all that so it was a it was a different process but it was always kind of gauge to be exactly what it was and to run about 20 25 minutes, which is I think where we're I think it's like 25 minutes flat. If I'm
1: yeah. Right. Something like that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um what about right? So casting then. So we've mentioned the names a few times, but Linnea Heineman and Alice Shen play the two leads. Um yeah. Devin and Julia. Yeah. So well you have elaborated already, this goes back to the one with colours. Um but I guess so we've got to go back there really what how did you meet uh why were they the roles you you know you chose for them what was the Mm. what was the deal there
0: okay so um when i wrote morbid colors i wrote Mm. it with kara gray in mind she had come out and auditioned for me for a movie that ultimately didn't get off the ground but i'm like i love her i want to work with her she's the best so um she you know ultimately became a producer as well on morbid colors as did Lene. Uh. And she introduced me to Lene because we were looking for a Devon, And she goes, okay, I know X amount of people. I'm going to send you a list. So we auditioned Lene and then, you know, we were off to the races. And then of course, Lene ended up coming on as a producer too. They were very hands-on in morbid color or yeah, in morbid colors and making mm. it what it was. So, I mean, we obviously, you know, got to know each other really well, making that movie, did a five-year stint on that thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, the bond was pretty much there and they were cemented into that story and universe. So really the only casting choice I had to make with Real Cool Time, because, yeah. you know, Lemmy and Kara were going to come back and reprise those roles, was the role of Julia. And, I mean, it's just kind of my... Pro- there's there's not too many moments where I don't know who I want ah. to play so I did not do like auditions for anything for Julia. I wrote it with Alice in mind. And as before I even wrote it, cause I had seen her do some stage stuff and I really liked her and I thought she had a great energy and vibe for the whole thing. And um, I just said, hey, I'm going to write this thing. This is the character. Do you want to do it? Or are you interested? Do you want to read it when I'm done? She's like, yeah, of course. So I wrote it with her in mind. She loved it and we ended up doing it. And it was uh, it was a solid fit all the way around. Mm. We got really lucky.
1: So you had ultimate, you immediately knew exactly what Lene was going to do in regards to Devon, but obviously, Alice, uh, when she took that role, did you find that she kind of just embodied the character as you wrote it, fit that role perfectly, and you almost had to do nothing in regards to directing?
0: Um, I don't, well, let me think of that answer. (laughs) I mean, I was definitely working as a director, but it's more of a sculpting and shaping what they present. Mm -hmm. And I think everything she presented was spot on. She just, <laughs> we we talked about that character so much. And I wrote these bios for both Lene and Alice of their character, yeah. almost like a Wikipedia page for their characters. Yeah. So like in Hermes, you would see, you know, Devin's band success and like where they started <laughs> and all of her music stuff. And like, I wanted there to be an entire like world of lore of these two characters and how they came to know each other before yep. the events of real cool time. And like the rise of Devin's band and, and how Julia had worked through, you know, zines of, essentially like fanzines zines and then worked her way up to where she was working with the, um, the magazine she was working for in this film and which is a fictional magazine I made up yep. and just kind of create this whole backstory for them to be like, okay, I really know for Lene to know, okay, this is where Devin's been in the last five years since morbid colors. And for Alice to know, okay, this is who Julia is and where she comes from, and this is ultimately what she's fighting for, because, you know, not to give anything away too much, but that's mm-hmm. really a, a big part of what makes her tick in uh, morbid color, and I'm sorry, real cool time, uh, you know, kind of that need to, to stay on top.
1: Do you, are you tempted uh have you been tempted to make that sort of stuff uh available really for reading on the internet so as almost to expand upon the law of um the world you've created here
0: i've never thought of that that's a good idea i still have it all um maybe i mean if there's a if there's a want and a need i'd be happy to provide it yeah totally well, I am I am learning a lot here. While I
1: have uh, perused uh, your IMDb and seen Morbid Colors, Margot, and even back in 2013, you did a short called Husk. I wasn't actually aware, based on the description, that Morbid Colors was effectively uh, a precursor to this. So now yeah. I kind of need to see that for sure, 100. <laughs> um, yeah. um, percent So I think like and seeing that and knowing real cool time and hearing you describe uh, Wikipedia is almost two degree for these characters. It's like, okay. I'm interested. If I'm interested, hopefully other people are too. Cool, man. Thanks, Yeah, Appreciate that. The film does obviously get quite intense, so we're going to dance around spoilers here. So talk to me then about directing scenes that can be quite frantic in regards keeping things like that fun, as well as safe, of course.
0: Yeah, so safety was a really big thing on the movie because we are... You know, the actors are essentially busting themselves around this Mm -hmm. apartment with hardwood floors and things of that nature. So um, it was all very carefully planned out. We did a lot of did a lot of rehearsal that I can recall for especially like the the first big fight. We ran through that um, a couple like quite a bit before we actually shot it. And um, we were we just went through, okay how are we going to land? Let's let's get it down to. Mm like where you're putting your knee and elbow with everything and, yep. and we really wanted to make sure that nobody was going to get you know hurt and that everybody was going to have a good time everybody did mm-hmm. um and uh that it would look good too and i gotta give a lot of credit there to jake bolensky who is the director of photography and producer and colorist and co-editor and so many other things on this movie jake is i mean he's a brilliant filmmaker and I can't sing his praises enough and he is really good uh, at a a million things but he's great with action and so um, having him behind the camera for those action sequences Mm. I think helped make them look more even more brutal and hard-hitting than maybe they actually were so I think some of it is a little bit of movie magic and hey. some of it is us just carefully and methodically <laughs> planning out where people are going to land and how they're going to do it safely and how everybody's going to get up, dust themselves off and feel okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love that movie magic. You're absolutely right. Because ultimately you want it to make it look as real and uh, harsh as possible. But sure. of course, yeah. <laughs> um, safe, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I want you to give me your favourite moment from the entire film, but from two different perspectives. I want you to give me your favourite moment from the creator perspective and your favourite moment from a viewer's perspective, if you can differentiate between the two.
0: Oh, I can. Um, favourite moment from a viewer's perspective is the very end. Okay. Uh, the very last shot. I love um, it. That final one that just, well, you've seen it. The way yep. end love that um it's almost a callback to the very last shot of morbid colors in a way okay um, which i guess i'll just go ahead and say it i i have so many inspirations but both of those kind of the idea for that kind of came from um the final shot of halloween wow. 2 from rob zombie and i am a Rob. I, I graduated from the rob zombie school of cinema for better. Oh, or wow. So uh, not, I mean, I'm just saying that as I love the guy, I love Yes, yeah. And I love Halloween too. I'm, I'm so happy that it's not trying to get off track. I'm so happy it's getting like reassessed because I think, um, yeah, it was a, it was a movie that had some trouble uh, like in its production, but I think it's awesome. Mm. And uh, I love that final shot of Lori uh, looking up and the smile. So that was kind of like my big inspiration for mm-hmm my final shots of of those two films anyway so that would be it from a viewer standpoint and from a creative standpoint i would just say um seeing the continuation of devon and who is ultimately like probably my favorite character i've ever made and yeah just seeing the next chapter like as someone who is probably this universe's biggest fan i just i like it i like to see where she's going and it's like we're getting another chapter that you know I probably never expected that we would get and we're just going to uh, kind of take it further. And there's, there's, there's more in the tank. I'll say that we're not necessarily done. So-
1: right. Yeah. I feel like that was like the natural follow-up be- next question, because um, it does leave you wanting more. And I realized uh, this might be as well for people who haven't seen more, but colors, but that's, this is what we have now, real cool time. It leaves you wanting more by the end. So the natural thing is the temptation to expand upon the story and Right. I mean, I guess you probably don't want... You're not going to really tell me anything here, are you? But is it just temptation? Do you have something written in mind? Are you just just seeing what how you feel as the uh, months tick away?
0: Well, the thing I've learned about movies and doing it for a while is that nothing is really real until you've done it. <laughs> so we haven't done anything yet. I'm giving... Like I said, I can only do 100% at one thing at a time, so i'm i'm 100 percenting the uh the festival run and promotion of real cool time right now but um there is a thing that we are writing and Mm -hmm. all the uh needed parties are committed for the long haul and we are we're probably going to be back at it later this year i mean we love it we were we when i did real cool time i think after it was done i'm like okay I know it needs to be more than this. Mm -hmm. I know I need X, Y, Z. Hey, everybody, this is what I want to do. And everybody's like, yeah, we'll see it through until the end. So this is not the last of Devin Crane. Um, There's, there's a journey that she needs to take. So we're, we're going to, we're going to present that. Say no more exciting (laughs) stuff. Um, Tied into that, of
1: course, uh, let's talk about the plans around uh, release festival showcases, and all of that important stuff, what can you share in regards to uh, when this might be more widely available or any festival showcases you do have coming up?
0: Oh, man, I wish I had them. We're uh, mm. we're like right at the edge, right before hearing back on pretty much all the stuff we've submitted to. So okay. if we did this in like a, a few weeks, I, I would hope, hopefully, fingers crossed have more information but we've submitted to a lot of specifically horror centric festivals and conventions yeah largely throughout like the u.s but we're looking to expand beyond that if we can and um yeah fingers crossed i love this movie i wanted to go to as many places as it can so we're hoping for a pretty pretty solid run but so far uh you know nobody's really announced yet those are coming and late may and june is really when those are starting to kick off for us we're starting to find out where it might be but um if people are interested in finding that information out they could follow us on instagram at uh, i think it's at real cool time movie Mm -hmm. and we're going to post all of the updates on where we're going to be showing it and screening it and how it'll be available to people we're gonna we're gonna show it there so if anybody's interested that's where you'll find that kind of info have you um have you submitted
1: or contacted anyone outside the US in regards to showing it at potential? For- I realize film festivals, for example, in the UK are few and far between. We do have some particularly grand ones, ones that take place in August, like Fright Fest and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I wanna. Oh god, I don't have a list in front of me. I wanna say we did, mm-hmm. but I'm not. Oh boy because <laughs> we submitted to a lot of them uh um,
1: oh fair dues. yeah I, I wanna
0: i wanna say we did but i know it's on it's on the agenda so if we haven't yet we are it's just finding it's such a weird thing like i'm so i don't know i'm so like superstitious about festivals because you're you're obviously we i try to budget it out i try hmm. to make like a payment plan because you know, I'm a working man. I got to I gotta, be able to afford it too. So I'm like, I got to send it somewhere where I think we, you know, where we have a like a fighting chance to get in because yep. as, as festivals are easier to submit to, I mean, I used to be a festival organizer myself on a much smaller mm. scale in, in, in my hometown. I mean, it was just a thing to do for the community. But even then at like the micro level, you, it's just like, gosh, there's so much coming in. It's like, how do you yeah. even navigate this? So, I mean, especially with stuff like Film Freeway, people are looking at thousands of films. So I I try to send it places that I feel like it fits the vibe of the festival. So I am a meticulous researcher when it comes to film festivals because I love that process. I love being able to see the movie with with an audience um, in a place built for movies like what I've made. It's a really rewarding thing, and you meet so many cool people. So, um, that's a little off the point, but I, yes, we will try to submit something out there if we haven't already. I wish I remembered. I'm sorry. I've just been submitting to so many that I, I forget.
1: It's purely curiosity because I, I, you see, Fright Fest and this uh, real cool time, I can easily see it fitting so wonderfully on the screens oh, cool. uh, that we do have over here for that. If people want to, Support you. I mean, we talk about real life, real job, real people. So money comes into whether we like it or not. If people could support you. Is there a way that people are able to support uh, Real Cool Time and potentially reach a wider audience?
0: Oh, gosh. I don't know. Because, you know, I since I've gotten into distribution and whatnot, mm. which is only in 2016, it's all been feature films. So this is going to be a really good, well... Ugh, how can I say this without giving anything away? We have plans for real cool time and what's coming after that might be yeah. like collected into something that cool. is more along the li- along the lines of what I normally distribute. So Fair uh, I think when that time comes, we'll be ready to like get it out there as far as we can. Right now, I'm just trying to give it a really good festival run. If people want to support it, just just follow us online or. Hmm. Uh, Follow us. Check out Morbid Colors. You know, like the or however you do on Instagram. Again, not the most tech savvy guy, not the big social media guy, but um, just just show interest and we'll make sure that there's a way to see it for sure. If
1: good, good. Interest,
0: we'll find a way. Good because it does deserve a lot of a lot of
1: success. You know, We're, we we watch have. a lot of horror horror shorts. Um, so and uh, anything great will stand out amongst. The not so great and it is a great uh, horror short, enough so now is that I'm excited after these uh, days interviews to spend the rest of my night watching morbid colours. I hope ah. I can find it in the UK. Sure I can. Yeah, it's gonna be available sh- somewhere.
0: I think it's on Amazon in the UK. Hey,
1: there we go then. Amazon's go. got everything.
0: Amazon or voodoo? Give those a shot. I should I'll know go it. back. If not, you'll get
1: an email from me asking. So Yeah, no, no.
0: And I, I will I will make sure that you get to see it. You've been uh, Awesome to us. That's the least I could do. Yeah, no worries, no worries. I right, got one more for you then before we wrap yeah. this up. And it's really
1: just a general um what else is going on with you right now? I uh, kind of discussed it at the start, but do you have anything else in the works that you want to talk about?
0: Mm. Mm, I wish I did. I I, <laughs> I just getting this movie the big push that we hope to give it and writing in the next thing. I mean, writing Devin Crane's next adventure. Renee yeah. and I are talking almost every day we're like figuring it out we're gonna start doing uh, i guess i'm telling more than i plan to that's fine i don't care but we're gonna do uh prop creation, some stuff like that over the summer this next movie is gonna be a lot more ambitious than real cool time real cool time mm-hmm. is like in one place and this movie is gonna be uh much bigger so uh, mm. yeah we're gonna i really want to I really want to show what the next chapter looks like, particularly uh, what life on the road Mm. looks like for Devin Crane. And I'm really inspired. I love Henry Rollins and his books like got me through high school and I loved like his tour diaries, like get in the van. So I'm like, I kind of want to make a movie like that if you were watching it, but if that person was dealing with being a
1: vampire amazing oh my goodness me and you gotta then get a hold of henry ronalds and get him a cameo as well it's not like he hasn't appeared in horror <laughs> yeah, well, he's done I'm horror sure movies. To do that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> incredible stuff um so yeah real cool time just keep an eye on your socials and uh to see where it's when it becomes available be it film festivals or um available for you to stream whatever country you're in uh matthew thanks thank you so much for taking
0: the time to do this i really appreciate it oh, i appreciate it man thank you so much Thank you very much
1: for watching. If you liked what you saw, please help us out by giving us a thumbs up and hitting that subscribe button. If you really liked what you saw, consider donating to keep the website and channel running by buying us a coffee via our coffee page or picking up some merch from our big cartel store. You can check us out on GBHBL.com as well as via our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as listen to our interviews via SoundCloud, Apple Music, and Spotify. Just search for GBHBL.